Welcome to The Well, where we get together and talk about life and death and everything in between. My name is Pastor Carrie, and with all respect to Thomas Jefferson and his awesome song, um, What Did I Miss? My favorite Secretary of State is Madeleine Albright. Nice. Um, my name is Jay, and my current favorite candy bar is the Simply Caramel Milky Way. My name is Pastor Tim, and my favorite form of traffic is the traffic circle. Yes, I love them. Yes, I do. Um, and I, while I'm speaking of traffic, I want to lift up sidewalks everywhere and thank them for keeping my kids off the streets. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> that Excellent. one came from the book that Pastor Kerry bought me on dad oh. jokes. <laughs> Guilty. Thank you, Pastor Kerry. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Kerry. Yeah. Question mark. What? <laughs> All right. Good time to meet Mel. Hey, Mel. Hi, Mel. Hi, nice Mel. To see you. Say hi to everybody. Okay. Excellent. Mel lives down at the bottom of the well where we meet, and he has been collecting for many years topics of conversations that have been had at the well between people and writing them down just in case anyone ever wanted to talk about anything cool. So he's going to lend us a couple of his topics today. You ready to go for it, Mel? All right. Here we go. Right. Got one right away this time. Wow. Oh. I mean, he's going to start off easy on us, or? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Probably time will tell. All right. Thank you, Mel. Oh, it's got multiple question marks. Ooh, oh, always okay. Oh, boy. Okay. So uh, Mel did not start us off easy, folks. Um, <laughs> what difference does voting make? Do you think being involved in your community in other ways is more important? Have you ever intentionally not voted? Why? Okay. Um, so lots of questions in one question. Got it. I'll lay it out first. I f- and I figure this. like, yeah, answer the ones that are most interesting to you. Um, I have never not intentionally voted. Um, I think voting is very important. It says, it, oh, what difference does voting make? Um, to me, voting makes a difference in each of our um individually like one vote right but each time we vote we tell ourselves and everyone else that we're invested in this system that we all share um, and this system of a government asking its citizens what they think Um, I it became much more important to me when I spent some time in China um, and know what it's like when a group of people are never asked what their opinion is. Uh, and certainly if they give their opinion, not allowed necessarily to sometimes give that opinion in, a, in, a, in any kind of like free way. And I learned to really appreciate my opportunity to formally declare how I think something should work. Um, so I take it very seriously. I, I do believe being involved in other ways is important too, but I believe very strongly in voting. On my 18th birthday, I registered to vote. Um, that's how important it is to me. I think it's so very important. It's um, Yes, it's important to be involved in your community. I don't think this is an either or. Right. I think if you're involved in voting, you, you're you also involved in your community. For sure. I've never intentionally not voted. Um, I have missed votes for like local elections sometimes because I just 
forgot, uh, which, but um, yeah, that, that would be what I would lift up with that. But what irritates me, and I hope people don't get upset about this, but I don't understand this current wave of trying to limit access mm. to voting. I think yeah. everybody should have free and easy voting because we're all in this country together. And you might say this is political, but I don't think it is. I think it's let the people say what the people want to say. And if you disagree with them, quieting them is the coward's way out. Mm-hmm. So, and I think voting awesome. is very, very important. Yeah, I think. And if you have a problem with what I said, you can email me at t, maybe at stlukes-elca.org. <laughs> I think, I, I, I want to follow up on that really quick, that um, I think the way you preface that is really important, that um, for me personally, and I, and I think there's an, was enough nods here for this, it, it's actually not, it's, it's not political. And I, I want to like say that again, like at the end of the day, if it's free and fair election and everybody's voice was heard and then this is what was decided, then, then that's, that's something that as a community we decided whether it was in you know, then we actually did decide it together. Um, and so I, I think that is important, which is why I, why I take voting seriously as well. Of like, um, I grew up with, um, I, I remember he has he has um, registered to vote now, but um, up until like literally a couple of years ago, um, my my grandpa I remember hearing him be like, "Well, it's just one vote." Well, if enough of us say that, <laughs> right? Then then how we feel if you know our whole community starts to believe that, then our whole community um, view of the you know town or neighborhood we're a part of, depending on what you're voting on, um, isn't heard. And so I, I do take that seriously. I have had moments where I've missed a vote, um, but uh, never intentionally like in an apathetic, like it doesn't matter way. Because um, the same as same as um, both of you, I, I do take it seriously and think our voice matters, and not just in the vote we cast, but in the example we set to um, to uh, generations to come um, of that voice mattering. And um, even in, um, again, not in a political sense, just in the sense of like where there are areas where it, it at least feels like it's um, not as free and fair. Um, it's a sense of, um, I know there's a lot of condemnations to this word, but it's a sense of protest of um, this This voice still matters in this, um, you know? So I, um, I, think, I think it does uh, matter. I think if you take voting seriously, I would hope the next step would be to be involved in your community in other ways too. So if you're going to vote that, you know, exactly. taxpayer money goes to helping people who are experiencing homelessness, that you would be involved in packing, you know, packing um, the food bags or whatever it is as well. Yes. So. Yes. Yes. It's, it's maybe the beginning, but certainly not the end of, right. oh, no. yeah. of yeah. our responsibility to each other. Yeah. 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 I think it's both and not either or. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Exactly. The question was... I think. Yeah, yeah kind of a little bit funny. Yeah. yeah. All right. Excellent. All right, Melly started off soft pretty hot. All right, let's dive back in, see what we've got. He keeps hitting his eyeballs. Yeah, he is just smacking is his not eyes. On the a table. Good sound. Okay. Here he comes. Looks like he's okay though, so that's good. All right. Resilient. <laughs> Poor eyeballs. All right. Uh, quote, you can't convince a believer of anything, for their belief is not based on evidence. It's based on a deep-seated need to believe. 
That's a quote by Dr. Carl Sagan. One, discuss. Uh, one more time. You can't convince a believer of anything, for their belief is not based on evidence. It's based on a deep-seated need to believe. Oh, that Carl Sagan. Carl I Sagan. will begin with saying I like a lot of what Carl Sagan says, but he has a deep-seated need to not believe. And, and I'm, I'm saying this true. for a reason because I was an atheist. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I saw it as my duty to challenge Christians, and I realized at one point being an atheist is very close to being a believer of Christian or whatever because both of them are based on faith. Faith of something, faith of nothing. To me, the way I basically take stands on things, being agnostic is wishy-washy. You know, it's the easy way out. You have faith in one thing or another. So I think the idea of faith in either that there is something or isn't something, I can understand. The idea that Eh, I, I, I don't get that. So, um, and I believe you can convince a believer of anything but their belief because my belief system has changed radically um, over the last number of years, um, going basically from growing up with a very strong decision theology and very strong moralistic code uh, to leaving the church, to coming back with that same strong um, decision theology and moralistic code, to becoming now where it's really that God, you know, I truly believe God works through all things. God is working through the work of Carl Sagan. God is working through the work of all who may not believe in God. And God is working through the work and understanding of faith of those of different faith traditions, um, <laughs> that God is involved in that. And so that's, that's where I am. And I also like when Carl Sagan says billions and billions. It was one of my favorite things growing up. <laughs> awesome. uh, yeah, I, um, I think for me, like, to... To look at just the quote itself for a second, I think um, I do think that there is something to be said about um, maybe mainstream Christianity and so much focus on decision theology, what we believe, how we state it, and how that affects what happens to us for eternity if we pray it right, if we believe the right way while we pray, right? And so I think there is something to be said about um, that, that we start to put so much focus on that exact form of belief versus resting in the promise of who Christ is and who God is revealed in Christ, right? Um, And so um, I think to an extent, like that's probably why we fight so much in the church <laughs> because um they're so you know we're trying to convince each other of things that in, in 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 the same way i can say this i don't want to sit on a high horse and talk about it. like also i have very strong beliefs of what it means to believe now because <laughs> i don't agree with that what i just previously <laughs> said right and so like i 
I, I see, like, there's going to be things that are going to be really hard to convince me now that I believe the way I do. But right? you grew so, up that way. Yeah. And just hearing the freeing word of the gospel allowed you to move from that, which Carl Sagan is saying that can't happen. Right. But, in, and that's one of the things, like, even in saying, like, even in processing, that's so interesting you said that, because even I, processing, having <laughs> therapy of how I grew up right now, but, like, even, like, processing how how I said this was true, I basically said it's not true. true. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you for pointing that out. Like, yeah, because, um, thank God, you know, I, um, I was able to kind of learn and grow from that. Hopefully not kind of. I did learn and grow, but um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think one of the things I don't like about Dr. Carl Sagan is he tends to be a bit flippant. Mm. Yes, with yeah. and this yeah. is a really flip agree. A, uh, thing to say. Yeah, um, it is not scientifically a, thought out. No, it's sort of a. It's it, right. It sounds good. It's gonna sound. It's a funny sound bite, right? Their need to believe. When it comes right down to it, I think that human beings are, have a real difficult time believing. Okay. Believing is something that is very difficult, uh, right? I mean, in scripture, the man with the sunborn blind says, "I believe. Help my disbelief," which means that belief and disbelief both exist in our in our hearts, in our minds, in our consciences consciousnesses uh, all at the same time so I think that this is kind of he, there are a couple examples of, of of Carl Sagan just taking something simplifying it to a point that's kind of ridiculous and then mm -hmm. kind of making fun of it in in a way that is I think not deeply thought out and not seriously um, discussed not potentially helpful. Correct. Right? Not right. not helpful at all. Right. Yeah, more more right. just making fun, right? I mean, that's basically it, what it, it is. It's kind of that's what it is, I think. And I don't think it really has a lot of basis in anything other than that. No, I agree. Yeah. Right. So we spent too much time on something that. <laughs> but welcome to the well. Well, we will yeah. still <laughs> discuss it for six for six, six and a half minutes. <laughs> Look at Mousey. No. Like, even Mouse like oh. Mouse gave goodness. it to us. <laughs> hey, it's your fault. <laughs> That's right. All right. Want to do one more, Mel? All right. Let's do it. Um, I don't think there's any more Carl Sagan in there. We'll see. People talk about that a lot. Okay. Here he is, and here we go. Thanks a lot, Mel. Thanks, Mel. Thank you, Mel. <laughs> Smell his, his again. eyes again. <laughs> Discuss this quote from John Wesley. Though we cannot think alike, may we not love alike? May we not be of one heart, though we are not of one opinion? Was this one of his defenses to the church? Mm -mm, I think this this was just yeah. One though of we his cannot statements. think alike, may we not love alike? May we not be of one heart, though we are not of one opinion. I just have a soft spot for, oh, I just love yeah. that we're ending on this one. This is, this is good. Um, yeah, I think uh, we'll have to, we, I think there's beauty, again, there's beauty and diversity um, of, of thought, like, I, we are each different. Um, we have different experiences of life, um, different uh, cultures, right? 
Um, and so we are not going to think alike, and that's part of what um, makes us who we are, and there's so much beauty in that. I think where, where it becomes hard is um, difference has, um, I would say, in the, at least in the culture that I um, grew up in and kind of, you know, um, American culture and stuff, I would say that there's a lot of, like, um, value placed on, well, think like this person and then you're this, or think like this person and then you're this. Um, and so if we don't think like, then we can't love. Um, and so I, I think there's just, I, I really like this, this quote, so I'm, I'm not sure I can add much more than like, yeah, I agree. I mean, I could pick it apart, but just to agree with him. Um, I will, I'll say this. I think we hear a call, um, from, you know, I'm, I don't like talking sides all the time, but like we hear a call on issues from whatever side it is, and there's a lot of polarization in 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 um, the U.S. right now, right? And um, you know, we hear a call. Well, if we were just if we just have unity, unity is the answer. But there seems to no matter who says it, there seems to be a form of unity in what I think, right? Or unity to become like me or <laughs> whatever it is, and and. And I'm not going to shy away from saying that, uh, if, yeah, like, there are some cases where I'm like, man, if everybody would just think this way that I think, like, it would be easier. Would it actually? Probably not. But, like, um, that, I think for me, like, one heart doesn't mean one thought. One heart means are we based on caring for one another at, at the deepest level, just being human together. Um, that doesn't mean we think alike. doesn't mean we look alike. doesn't mean we love alike. Um, but it means that we, um, it means that we do look at the basis of how are we connected at, at the basic level of our humanity, what connects us versus divides us, um, is a different sense of unity, um, that pulls us away from just the thought or opinion. But, yeah. I don't know. Easier said than done, of course, but. I'm also going to briefly state my love for this love. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I sometimes wish that we in the Lutheran church had a little more Wesley and a little bit less Luther. Yeah, no, I'm with you. you I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say to. that at this stage <laughs> in my life. <laughs> Be very, very careful. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, but Wesleyan theology really does center on love. I mean, it just is the center of God, the center of belief, the center of the universe. And I think that that's, it's a, it's a wonderful way to come at this. Uh, what this reminds me of uh, is the Haudenosaunee Thanksgiving address, which is um, uh, something that um, the multiple tribes of the Haudenosaunee, um, Native American peoples, uh, before a big decision is talked about or debated or anything like that, uh, they come together and spend um, a lengthy amount of time expressing gratitude to every element of creation that came together to make this moment possible for them. So they enter into debate by grounding themselves first in creation's love for them and their love for creation and the uh, unity that is found in that, right? What if we could love first and then talk and then discuss, right? And I think that to come back to uh, to Bonhoeffer's life together again, uh, that is one of the basic tenets that he uh, lifts up in living with each other is that 
love comes first and then everything else. I also like this quote very much. And if you listen to my sermons, you know that the love, love of God and our being able to love one another is um, really big. When Jay was talking about the differences, things is where I run into a problem is when we um, don't go in with that love and start questioning the humanity of those who disagree with us, which I think has become pretty rampant. Um, I mean, it almost becomes common, right? You know, yes. I mean, there's just a radio host who I won't name who's been attacking parents who've lost children in a school shooting mm-hmm. by saying it was all false. He's denied the humanity of those children and denied the humanity of the parents. And thank goodness the court denied him the access to his money um, by, mm-hmm. by, you know, allowing that suit to go through. And it's almost become second nature for us to deny the humanity of those that don't agree with us. Correct. And that I have a real problem with. Um, and that's why I think talking about love like Wesley did here is so important because we, once we decide that someone's not human, we can kill them. Absolutely. I think that's what happened when the young man came up to Kenosha and started hunting people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that might have been a political statement to some, but I'm, I don't go anywhere with a gun and mm-hmm. intent of using it without it being a hunting. Yeah, and I'm sorry to say this too, but people who who are trying to consolidate power by controlling others can stoke others' uh, yes. um, uh, belief that other people are not human, so mm-hmm. as to control their violence right. uh, to serve the ends of those powerful people. Right, right, and, mm-hmm. and that to me is ultimate evil. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think with that, like um, in some of the of the learning, um, down with like racial reconciliation and and such. Um, that um, just how harmful and um, uh, tilted towards con- keeping power the idea of I don't see color is, um, right? Because we're taking away um, a whole layer, if you will, of somebody's humanity. Yes. Um, and um, that that does matter. And unity doesn't mean we're all the same. It means we celebrate our differences. We understand that our experiences are different based on um, a whole number of things. In this case, of course, the, the color of our skin, right? Um, and so, yeah, I think I, I, I won't go too much further based on time because we could do a podcast on this. But, um, yeah, I think, I think yeah. it does matter. Uh, I'll say, what Wesley, I continue the love of <laughs> Wesley mm-hmm. conversation just because I – in my faith journey, and I know that this episode kind of shared, showed a little of my faith journey, but um, Wesley was kind of the like bridge for me because it kind nice. of both kind of how I grew up and where I'm at now. Like both will he's are a like gateway Christian. Into, yeah, he's a gateway <laughs> he's Christian. He's a gateway uh, Protestant, uh, uh, mainstream, but, mainstream Protestant. But Wesley, kind of, like, both people will kind of <laughs> dip into that pool. Like gateway theology. Yeah. Gateway theology. See, it's a little Wesley. You can do that, right? Yeah. And then once you're doing that, you just do a little Luther. Yeah. Here, and here we are, the crazy radical youth director. Lincoln, <laughs> and you're going into Moltman and John Douglas Hall and just getting into all the different <laughs> Rachel Held Evans, and you just don't know where you're going to end up. Right. All right. Uh, but we're going to end up with some treats. Closer to the microphone. There you go. <laughs> end up with some treats. Sorry. I was, I thought, I thought he was all relaxed. <laughs> yes, all right. Um, so, this is a recipe um, 
from a church that I have to tell you that did oh, this thing that they took the old church um, cookbook from like the 50s, um, late 40s and 50s, and they scanned it into a PDF and made it available online. Nice. Um, so people, millennials like me, you know, <laughs> or whatever. But um, so this is called the peanut butter cup. Um, and It tastes like a peanut butter cup. But not as gritty. You that was coming. There's there's crunched up crackers in there. Mm-hmm. Crunched up. It's crackers. intentionally gritty. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's not apologizing for its grit. Yeah. Oh, no, I ran rings around your logic. <laughs> See, this is where we focus on the the love part, even <laughs> in the difference of opinion. No, right. <laughs> no this is um, delicious. So, I'll say when I was making this, I was like. All right, so basically I'm making a scotcheroo, but it's not. Mm-mm. It's so there's it's actually graham crackers. Mm, okay. It's crushed up graham crackers. Um I'm I'm gonna it makes a nine by thirteen pan, so like the size that we're eating is okay. An ungodly amount of powdered sugar. Oh like 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 I, I probably shouldn't even name how much. Yeah. It's like three and a half cups. Yeah. In a cup of peanut butter and then crushed up graham crackers. Yeah, get your <laughs> insulin. <laughs> now, is this not baked? Nope. Okay, so it's and just... So, and then just melt the chocolate on top. And I think it's one of those that, like, the little, like, inch by inch square that we had is probably I was going to say, you know what? It's more like candy to me mm-hmm. than, like, mm-hmm. a cookie mm-hmm. or, like, a cake or, like, a bar. I mean, it is sweet. Rich, yeah. Like, it almost it reminds me of those peanut butter balls, like, those Christmas ones, yeah. ones that have Rice Krispies in them. Yeah. it's like... Oops, that I'm you're sorry. supposed it's to just like eat that one much. of. Yeah, because yeah. like, yeah, but it is. Fin- I love chocolate peter, so it's mm-hmm. five. See, all or nothing. Five. <laughs> but I. But I it's know. chocolate. I'm a nine. So it deserves five. I know. I'm a nine, so I just give everything a five. So, <laughs> except for my own thing, which I gave a one. So, um, this is really a, a five. Hearing <clears throat> a confession is good for the soul. Um, not. I will. Give this caveat. This does not include pineapple on pizza, but often I will say I don't like something just to get people's cockles up. <laughs> <laughs> the truth is coming out now. I don't want it to be talked about until it is aired. I actually love Reese's peanut butter cups. Oh <laughs> no! Way. What contrary. is life? Are you joking? Are you no, messing with us right now? Like, I've been messing with you for the last six months or however long it's I'm, been. I feel betrayed. What? <laughs> you love them? Oh, I love Reese's peanut butter. Cups. Are you like you what? were intentionally not even eating them around us you in know, the office? The Canadian, I'll tell you how much I love Reese's peanut butter cups. Are you serious right now? If you buy them in Canada, you get three in a package, not just two. That, that sounds love like a very them. American thing. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm well, no we like, didn't talk about that. Y'all listen to this. I am shook. So <laughs> I actually give that a five. Mm-hmm. I am so, I am yeah. messed up right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know why they got Jay, me. Jay, you knew what he was <coughs> gonna say, right? Are you yeah. in your mind? <coughs> you um, know, it, it just finally came to this where I could no longer hold it together anymore, and I had to confess, but I have to say. There are two things that I do take a very strong stand on, and that is the lack of red sauce on a hot dog, and you don't put pineapple on a pizza. That is more genetic than anything else. The Reese's <laughs> Peanut Butter Cup was just another way to irritate Jay. Awesome. <laughs> it worked. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, I'll, I'll give it a five because I, I just 
but again, like more as you said, more as a candy than like a mm. dessert bar oh, that you're taking. A, it's a candy. Yeah, it's a candy. And it's literally named um, peanut butter cup. Oh, peanut butter in the yeah. in the yeah. recipe. So I live in peanut butter. I I live in it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, five all day long. And the Reese's peanut butter cup was actually discovered by an individual who worked hard with his family to make the first peanut butter cup and to make it so that it could be sellable and maintained. And he did that just with his family to go against one of the largest candy companies at the time. Really? Yeah. Fascinating. Wow. Um, and then he was bought out by one of the largest. he was bought out by one of the largest. I was like, where is that? Are we going to have that part? <laughs> um, Do we have a God moment? I got, I got one if you Ooh, need one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um, we're, we're filming this on the first day of school. Yeah, we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and for... And Jay, Jay can relate to this a little bit. Uh, I, uh, we, he and I both have kindergartners now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got to drop, I had the, had the privilege of being able to drop Jude off at his first day of kindergarten today. And uh, anybody who's met Jude knows that he's a very shy and anxious child. Um, he's also not a, <laughs> he's, he's not a morning person. And so we have been, we have been, shaking and like trying to figure out how kindergarten is going to work because it means he has to be up at least an hour earlier. Um, (laughs) and and this, uh, and this morning we, um, he, this morning was just, it was out of, out of nowhere. Um, we were the first ones in line at school at kindergarten this morning, the first ones in line, and he led his group of kindergarten classmates into the school. Didn't look back at me. He just, with full confidence, just ready to take on this new challenge cool. in life. Um, I I cried a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm, that's amazing. I'm, I might I might be like holding on to that that his his insecurities and like, um. And and seeing that he was able to go and tackle that without needing mom and dad kind of made me, <laughs> made me choke up a little bit. But um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, proud 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 dad here. <laughs> Very good. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for journeying to the well with us. May God's peace be with you. The Well is a podcast of St. Luke's ELCA in Middleton, Wisconsin. You can follow for new episodes airing every other Thursday on St. Luke's website or wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to drop a question in the well, you can dive over to stluke's-elca.org slash thewell to submit your questions there. The Well is sponsored by St. Luke's Foundation. The foundation is dedicated to leaving a legacy for future generations. You can learn more at stluke's-elca.org slash foundation. Thanks for listening, and we'll meet you next time here at The Well.